This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello and welcome to Who's Up Podcasts. I'm Jacob. I'm here with Christian. Morning. Hawaiian. Hello. And Freya. Evening. Thank you. Today we are looking morning, afternoon, and evening. It's very disappointing. Very sorry. (laughs) Well, we could have done that, or you could have shown up on time, but we can't all get what we want, can we? Is it still running on time? (laughs) I had cheese to clean and strawberries to fetch. I don't really think there's an issue here. I have no sympathy for you. No, but I don't have any regrets, so that's not a problem. Not yet. This week. We're looking at a moment in Doctor Who history, the return of the Ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston, to the Doctor universe with the Big Finish audios, the Ninth Doctor Adventures, Ravagers. And look at me, I'm remembering, spoiler warning, because this is new content. I bet you listen to our uh, LGBT podcast where we spoiler warning all across it and just showed you completely up. Firstly, that only came out today and I've been very busy. And secondly, obviously not. But thirdly, you told me. It was a great podcast for the record. Everyone should have a listen. There's some great gay recommendations in it. For the record, this is going to be Stop a great podcast. Stop plugging podcasts within Can you podcasts? shut your cake off? Uh, considering that Jacob plugs his audio dramas every week, I think I'm allowed That's to... That's Hoopsock! <laughs> yeah, I'm a Hoopsock member. Anna okay, Wise, a calm Hoopsock down, member. ladies. <laughs> okay, premise of this story. It's one linked story between three different dramas, Sphere of Freedom, Cataclysm and Food Fight, in which the Ninth Doctor arrives on the Sphere of Freedom, a big gaming hub in the galaxy, and meets a galley chef called Nova. Christian, I know where you live. To investigate time eddies that have emerged all across the universe, which have been caused, supposedly, by mysterious creatures named Ravagers, who, if left unchecked, will eat the entire universe. Now, I remember when these first came out and I, I saw Christian that day and like, the first thing he asked me was, what did you think of them? And I just kind of went, yeah. And I was like, yep, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're all right. Okay, so... Yeah, that's all I've got yeah. to say on it. <laughs> like, it's going to be a tedious podcast, let's be honest. I'm all right, yeah. allowed to derail this a bit because we're still going to get through talking about everything we want to on time with this content. Yeah. Um, okay. Principally, first of all, Ravagers, totally not the ravenous. Um, <laughs> point number two, Food Fight. I don't care, I've listened to that story now. I still think it's a terrible title. I don't like it. No, I don't like it either. Third <laughs> um, of all, I respect... Okay, so, this story, I respect what Nicholas Briggs was trying with it. Honestly, I do. Um, you are trying, similarly actually to what uh, Dalek Universe was trying, you are starting... Oh, boy. Shut up. You are starting um, the story with a climax. So, Dalek Universe's first two episodes are... What could easily be the finale of a box set? Like, they are massive and bombastic. Here, Nicholas Briggs wanted to switch the plotting a bit and have us join during Nine's victory of an adventure uh, before everything kind of goes awry. Which conceptually sounds really cool, um, except the rest of the first story is very much as having these flashbacks as he tells Audrey about everything that happened leading up to the climax. And... 
non-linear storytelling has its place. Non-linear storytelling can be really, really, really amazing. I think it was unnecessarily convoluted for the first outing of the Ninth Doctor. Like, I get why we wanted a proper narrative arc, first of all, because Nicholas Briggs writes uh, spin-offs like, not spin-offs, just uh, IPs like The Prisoner, where he takes control of a full box set, has complete narrative control, and writes like genuinely 10 out of 10 quality. This, it was fine, but I don't think we needed a first a connected narrative like this. I was also really convoluted. Mm. I think there's just a bit... It's not even that there's much going on in the story. It's just told in such a roundabout fashion that you need to keep listening on to just kind of piece everything together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember on the... Because I've listened to this twice now. Um, it's a lot clearer on the second listen, that first episode, because you know what order things are meant to take place in. It's like in this where it jumps... Um, backward from the Sphere of Freedom to London 1959 you get a little bit thrown you're like oh did this happen after did the Doctor leave the Sphere and then go here where it's still going yeah, to oh like, no that happened first it's not clearly directed right like he goes to see Audrey and then we get the first flashback but it's really not clearly directed I think whether or not it happens and some audios are deliberately designed to confuse you and you're not supposed to understand what's going on but I don't think that was the intention of this story. I don't think it was meant to be confusing where you are. And throughout Big Finish's massive catalogue, the majority of the time, when something's meant to be confusing, I understand it's supposed to be confusing, and I'll find out later. And usually I'm accepting, like, the way it's going to gel. Here, once we get into the flashbacks, there are, like, sometimes... Um, flashback cue is this kind of TARDIS noise from memory, or this kind of classic triggering noise. And... That's okay, but sometimes what we get is just like a 30-second flashback back and forth, and this jumping between scenes is kind of jarring, mm. like from a technical standpoint. Well, yeah. I don't think it helps that, like, Cataclysm and Food Fight also have this sort of, like, non-linear perspective as well. Um, like it's, especially Food Fight, I just found that um, sort of the back and forth that they had in there just drew me out of it quite a bit. Um yeah. Again, it's one again. It's one of those things where you get it on a second listen and you know what's going throughout. It is actually, it's clearer naturally, but and because it's clearer, you enjoy it. At least I did slightly more. Mm. But it is an inherent problem with audio drama. This is advice I was given: is that you shouldn't jump about a lot in your storytelling because if without the visual aids, it's quite hard to follow. Well, okay, my counter, I, like I get that. But also, a really competent writer can jump about really successfully. Um, I will put forward my dinner with Andrew, oh, which... Yeah. Oh, uh, that's a brilliant example of that, definitely. Yes, I know it what jumps that about is. all over the place, but then you know exactly what's going on all the time. Like, it's very clearly marked out. Just for context to people who don't know, that is River Song 3.3. Um, part of the narrative, but it's really strong. It's, it's John Donny comedy, basically about a restaurant set outside of time and everything that we experience is non-linear. So we basically follow River's experience throughout the uh, restaurant. However, characters pop in and out of the future and the past and they're like, okay, I will talk to you in the future. I've already explained to you this earlier and stuff like that. Um, but I never felt confused in that. Like mm. it jumped about everywhere. 
Um, but it was hilarious. Like it managed so much at once and never was I felt a feeling like I'm confused. I don't know what's supposed to be happening right now because the story actually guided me in like a sensible manner. So not only your storytelling works, it's just I think it kind of was a bit too convoluted for this first release. I mean, a few of us at least have heard the trailer for the second volume, Answer All Calls. And that's going to be all standalone stories. And that sounds, I think, much more exciting for a first release. Like, I get why we wanted a three-hour epic to just be like, okay, we're taking the Ninth Doctor seriously. But also, individual stories have their place. And I'm quite excited to hear them because, you know, they're going to be able to vary things up a bit more. Hmm. I I I think they should have started with the the singular episodes, like standalone things, because... If you think about it, that's what the Ninth Doctor's good at. That's what his series was about. I mean, they basically had that the entire run through. I mean, of course, you had like the Bad Wolf plot, but it was pretty much just standalones. So I think to yeah, Bad Wolf when you get to Boomtown for the first run might not. Yeah, when you get to Boomtown in Bad Wolf. Um... And the moment they realise it's a thing, it's like, oh, well, let's just uh, ignore that. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think I'm excited to see proper Knife Doctor arcs, but also maybe the thing is, this is, you know, this is has been obvious, but running into these months, past couple of months, I was naturally more excited for Dark Universe, but everyone else was more excited for Knife Doctor editions, and that's for good reason. Like, the Ninth Doctor returning to Doctor Who, to Christopher Eccleston specifically, that's major stuff. Mm. And that's a big catch for new audiences. Um, and I think, especially when, you know, Big Fish are a company at the end of the day. We love their content, but they are a company. You know, they're trying to catch new listeners. It's probably easier to catch new listeners by, by just giving us free standalone stories, uh, even if it would be all written by Nick Briggs, rather than giving us one narrative that is non-linear. Some people I know have really enjoyed this by face. I'm not saying you can't enjoy it, um, but like by giving us one narrative that has the same kind of trips across all three episodes, if you don't like one of the episodes, you're not going to like all of the episodes. There's a far bigger risk than giving us three episodes of variety and catching a lot of new listeners potentially to then go on to do 10th Doctor adventures and dip into Paul McGann before being like, oh, maybe I'll try some of the classic Doctors as well, even though I don't know them. I mean, on that, I mean, all very good points. Let's just latch onto something that, as you said, the selling point. Christopher Eccleston is back playing the Ninth Doctor. Yeah. And like, oh, what did I find in the chat the day? I found an image. Let me see if I can get it. Uh, please tell me I can. Oh, yes, it was, Christian, it was you asking. This was, like, back in last April. Of course it was. What did I say? And you went, um, Eccleston in audios, please. I think you talk about Time of Victorious. And then someone replies to you, I wish that was at all likely. And then here we are. So I'm surprised what... they managed it. Oh, yeah, no. But what? I'm still what absolutely you... ecstatic. I, I don't even mind if it's like not the best story I've ever heard. Just the fact mm. that they've got him now—that's just so cool. Well, story aside, what do you think about his performance in this? Because it's 
it's definitely not identical to how he played it's, it in what, Series 1. It's what Christopher Eccleston wants. Yeah. Um, like, you read the interviews. What like? Eventually, we will potentially dig into the Ninth Doctor that is jaded by the Time War. But right now, what we have is the Ninth Doctor who is repressing the Time War and is trying to enjoy life. Like He's remembering you know, how to be the Doctor again. It's how I've seen it described. Yeah, and like... That makes sense, you know, he's just done something major and repressing that, like, actually makes sense. Um, mm. Later, we are going to have in Volume 3, I think, The Ninth Doctor and the Brigadier. And let's, uh, that... let's save some of the future speculation for the end. <sighs> you and your bullet points. I was making yeah, a point, Jacob. <laughs> I was making a point. Well, go on, make, make that point. Go on, we can come point. back to, like, there will be a time and place for edgy um, time war fallen doctor but for now you know like he he isn't allowed to enjoy himself and clearly it's what christopher eccleston wants to do because he wasn't allowed to do it in the show itself and who's to say even i doctor wasn't cheery at points like that's a perfectly valid interpretation of his character like it, it's it's not what we're used to but it Big Finish are going to produce more hours of Christopher Eccleston Ninth Doctor content than there were TV show hours eventually. And like we by nostalgia probably won't see the audios as a definitive take on the Ninth Doctor, but really they kind of will be. Like that's what it'll be molded by. It won't take a lot. Yeah, I mean definitely. But I think for it, I do. I say it's the take you want to do, and it's it's fresh because you can see this. I know this is pre-series one, but you can see this as like a post-series one take as well. Like think of a doctor who survived the events of Parting of the Ways. The Daleks are finally B. gone. And honestly, yeah, but who didn't just immediately regenerate? He just pushed Rose just off like, the, like station and just went on about his way. <laughs> Let her die with time logic and I don't care. That made a much better series too. You just like your time time of Victoria is ten early. Don't mm -hmm. lie to me. Stop eating strawberries and just going. Yes, kill the blondes. <laughs> See your face. That's not the most offensive thing. I'm going to keep said. eating strawberries on this podcast. No one knows until you call me out, obviously. But no one knows. Why so far? And I'll do it again. Speaking of companions, um, there's a new one. Look at you with the tangents. Oh, why is trying to move us back on tangent? Be a uh, back on tangent. Back on tangent. No, I don't the think there ever was one. Podcast I've ever heard. But yes, uh, we have Nova, a galley chef who works on the Sphere of Freedom. Now, I don't like calling her a companion. She will be. Yeah, I don't. But I know leave it for your future comments... speculation, right? Your comments about Rose's side and the knife in your neck. <laughs> Um, I think it works better if Rose is the the, uh, the first companion of the Ninth Doctor. Mm. I feel to add more of that takes something away, unless something in Volume 4 is going to really go wrong. No, because all it takes is for the Doctor to lose companions due to, like, being too much of himself to actually really say on the course of what we saw in Series 1. Like... That's what it takes. Like, say, say the Doctor and Nova are having a blast at some point, right? Oh, I just remembered how the Doctor 
Okay, we'll get to it on the food fight. But um, say the Doctor and Nova are having a blast somewhere and the Doctor isn't taking a threat too seriously and that just leaves Nova dead. You know, like that can easily trigger him on a course that leads him into where he was in Series 1. Like, we don't know how long Live the Ninth Doctor is. It's undefined. Yeah. I ain't true, but I just think... I mean, it's one of the cases where you look at something that's on TV and go, that's how it works. And then the audio is just... I'm not saying they can't fill the gaps, but it's a gap that doesn't need filling. I don't think... I don't take that too seriously, though. Like, there's quite a lot of wiggle room there. Like, you can just I mean, Big Finish it. stamps over canon all the time, and you can just yeah. ignore it if you don't want to. Like, if you don't want to acknowledge that that's the thing that happened, you could very easily say, yeah, I don't really care about this, and I'm just going to pretend it doesn't exist, because it's Doctor Who, and there are multiple different timelines that could stretch out in any number of different ways. Yeah, and, and like, let's not lie, I'll do it like, on the TV version too. That's, uh, there's so many timelines, there's going to be a <laughs> multiversal uh, war or something like that, I hear. Oh, that would be good. Some Loki from today. Um, but, but I digress. <laughs> Um, okay, Nova, I just, okay, food fight, and um, I was a bit irritated with uh, the way they handled Nova, because at the end of the day, they just reset her, uh, and that's not satisfying to me. No, it isn't. Um, to after a whole arc of time travel jiggery to just reset her to an earlier point, I, I'm not satisfied. However... I don't know how I feel about the very ending where the doctor asks, how do you know about time travel? And then she says like comic books and stuff. And he just, the gl- it was so bizarre. Just Christopher Eccleston yet shouting out in glee like you're a nerd and just cackling is so surreal. Like I did not expect that of all things. I, I kind of wanted to give the fans a taste of what he'd do if he met them in the street. <laughs> I mean, he's clearly loving his, himself when he's doing that, but I just, I don't know how I feel about that. I just oh, don't. I, it's weird, but I like it. It's that peak example of Eccleston, as you're saying, playing the dog that he wants to play. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not going to take it away. And from also, him. he does assault companions. Like, yeah. he's one of the doctors that does. Like, he literally calls Rose a stupid ape. <laughs> I mean, we're not... Um, I don't think nerd was an insult anyway. I think he no. was genuinely gleeful that he's yeah. found a nerd. Yeah, and it's not like know. this version of Nine is so positive that he's beyond critique. Because any of the other human cat like people, like apparently, like he calls Audrey about an idiot within two minutes. Oh yeah, that okay. is true. But to be fair, any Audrey, people on like a, Earth, there's a good reason he's called Audrey an idiot. To be fair, I know, but this is before anything's happened. He's just he's talking in the street. It's like, well, you don't need to be stupid, but here we are. I like that. I like I like Grumpy Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I'm he goes I'm like, oh wow, he's back. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid, what was that scene I sent you last night with the musical chairs? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, with the doctor trying to convince this guy to make a stand. So she makes him sit and then stand up and goes, okay, what's more with feeling? <laughs> that seems like something nine would do, actually, to be fair. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Love uh, those vibes. <laughs> Oh, you mentioned her briefly. You've got the other, not companion, but main figure in this story, Audrey, who's the CEO of the Sphere of Freedom and the person trying to, in her own way, contain the ravages via 
um, sending them signals in video games, sort of fear pheromones or something like that. Oh, that they can feed I on. actually can't get over how many times this this box set said gamer, and ironically, <laughs> like every time I heard it, it took me out of it. Every time, <laughs> I couldn't deal with Isn't there... gamers. Was it, is it um the Lovecraft story that has Lovecraft say gamer? Yes, he does. I don't remember exactly why he says it. There was some context for it. Um, I think he said, what's a gamer? Because Flip was mugging him off at the time. Was, I'm looking for some racists like myself. Can you find them somewhere? Gamers. Yeah, no. Oh, Lovecraft Invasion I'm gonna, I'm just gonna is Google a gamer nice and that's going to be topically relevant. Lovecraft Invasion is like... A good story, but it's also the weakest of the flip concert stories, which just goes to show how good the flip concert stories with Six Eye. Everyone should listen to them. Static is a right proper horror, and then Scorched Earth is such an interesting take on um, on one companion, bo- like from the 1940s, another from 2010s, and like how they view Nazis and like stuff like that. It's so good. Um, highly Let's recommended. the Christian going on a tangent, Claxton. Jacob is currently uh, Googling gamer, you know. Uh, I'm, I, I, actually, I'm not going to lie to you. I've Googled YouTuber racist, and there's like four different things in the past month. Did it come up with PewDiePie? Uh, <laughs> no, actually, not in the past month. Okay, anyway. Right at the bottom, but, um, anyway. anyway. <laughs> to go back to Audrey... She was cool. I mean, okay, Sphere of Freedom, it was such an obvious twist that this old soothsayer is actually, uh, that this old soothsayer is actually going to be someone major. Yeah. Um, now, even though it was an obvious twist, I really enjoyed when like, the mask kind of fell and she turned into this kind of, I know who you are, Doctor, kind of person, setting him right yeah. at the ravages. Yeah, it's, she's wonderful in the voice acting. Credit to um, Jane McKenna. I wish that Audrey was a companion. voice is very nice. Yeah, I wish that Audrey was a companion. You were commenting on it. Yeah. (laughs) I like it when a villain has the nice voice. Like, Nova was fine, but I kind of wish we actually retweaked the box set and gave us Audrey as a companion. Because Audrey, she was a bit lackluster by the end, in my opinion. Um, I think the audio kept tearing itself apart between where they want to present her as doing something for the greater good and someone who's just a villain. And they kept flip-flopping a bit, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. This was my original take of, what, a month back now, so feel free to correct me if I'm taking it a bit not how the audio intended it to. But, like, I thought she was much more interesting than Nova, to be honest. And And having companions that aren't completely positive with the Doctor is a really interesting take. Like, I love Seven and Klein as a story. Um, yeah, like, having antagonistic companions is really interesting, and that could have been really cool, because the Doctor would have been edgy toward her as well. It would have been reciprocated from both ends. I think that would really work with Nine, to be fair. I'd like yeah. to see that happen. Yeah. Fred, check your phone. But I, I think if I was going to offer my own um, take on that, I think, Audrey, if I was going to say anything, <laughs> just for the record, I just took a very picture of Jane McKenna. Um, but hey, if she's doing that, I'll make my point about Audrey. I can't repeat what she's saying in DMs. I'm going to um, send her a trailer say- again, and we'll see how this ends. Please, no. Please stop um, this. 
if I was going to make a commentary on Audrey, I'd say she was misguided. I think she's someone who is trying to do good. She just doesn't know how, especially you've got the Kazran Sardic approach of the Doctor going back along her timeline without him even knowing it. So she's known the Doctor her whole, her whole life or for a significant portion. And she's taking vagues. Really, he's just watching. And you felt they could have done more with that. But from those flashbacks you get throughout, uh, I think it's mainly Cataclysm, but a bit into Food Fight, where it's really explained. I think she's a flawed character, but she's trying, and that is interesting to me. Mm. Yeah, it's just also because the, the timeline keeps alterating between where it is. because, it, Like, for you, on second listen, it's really much easier to follow along. But on first listen, like, whenever we meet Audrey, we don't know which part of her life she's in. So it seems like she's fluctuating quite a lot more on motives. I just think the story would have been better if it wasn't non-linear, to be honest like just the whole box set I also don't think the whole box set needed to be three hours long or what two and a half hours long because it was 45 minutes uh, it's, it's like 45 45 I'm, I'm just going to look this up keep talking three new episodes long right yeah like, I didn't actually think this box set warranted that um, yeah. you could have had a two-parter and still done everything you wanted to during it like I, I don't completely mind filler uh, Freya's has muted herself to cough, but I'm going to put it on the record anyway. Uh, wow. Thank you. Uh, wait, 42 minutes, 47 minutes, and I think 54. Yeah. Yeah, like. So it, it averages out at like a regular episode. It's just, I think they didn't need to be that long. Um, mm. You know, Sometimes having something that's a slice of life is really cool. And Nick Briggs loves slice of life stories. Um, Return to Telos and whatever the other Simon Man stories in one of the 48 is very much slice of life. Um, but yeah, you could have had like, I don't know, you could have varied it up quite a bit. Um, and just, you know, Team Coalition, that's a really tight story. It crams everything into so many hours, um, but it deserves all those hours. This did not need that many hours. It just also, it does have those sort of slice of life episodes as well, like uh, 3.1 is the Absent Friends. Yeah, but that is, you know, the best. It is. It's very good. <laughs> I mean, uh, this set of stories, it's definitely, even with the non-linear stuff, it seems to be quite familiar ground because the main MacGuffin device is a piece of time war technology, which seems... Like they've done it before in the audience. There's a, is it her own bootstraps? Presuming you know, which I is I haven't um, listened to it, but yes, and actually, I've talked to the author of that story. Um, oh. I know it's get join the Discord. Um, that one is a Pompeii story, I believe, with nine. Tower. Pardon? Tower. Oh, Wrong sure. volcano. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I haven't listened to it yet, but I've heard very good stuff about it, uh, and that is. Well, it's voiced. Well, it's voiced by Jacob Dudman, so it's not um, Nicholas Briggs voicing the Ninth Doctor. It's also oh, uh, fair to say questionable but, results. But, but her oh. own bootstraps is a short trip, so he won't necessarily try voicing him anyway, because short trips are performed differently to different um, stories. I know. Reference, I'm writing one uh, for the competition. <laughs> For reference to what Jacob's talking about, is that is actually a previous uh, box set of Ninth Doctor Adventures. However, in that, Nicholas Briggs is voicing the Ninth Doctor. 
Um, I still it, say this is what we need. You get well, this is the Chronicle series when they can't get the actual actors to get impressions. So I'm just waiting on the Thirteenth Doctor Chronicles where I get hired to play Ryan. Mm-hmm. No, 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 because no, because no, Eleventh Doctor Chronicles still have um, Osgood's actual actor. How's it doing? Uh, so Osgood gets to go off world with Eleven for the last time in Eleven. Kazran, don't they? Yes, Was that they the Churchill do. ones? No, they have maybe both of them do. To be honest, like Kazran keeps popping back. They have lots of storytelling there. Yeah, um, yeah. I I do think that the previous sort of box set that they did was quite interesting. Like they had a story involving um, uh, one of the uh, the Bronte sisters, I think. Like it is very like compelling storytelling. It's just unfortunate the voice acting wasn't as. Be all right, I'm the doctor. Accurate. <laughs> That's closer than bricks. Yeah. Um, I even think Louise Jameson doing Tom Baker is closer than Briggs doing nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not oh. even going to attempt that one. Before we carry on with the bullet points, I will mention a thing I've just remembered that um, one of the things that and I think I said this to Wine specifically when I was listening to the 98s is I'm kind of t- like, because this came a month after Dalek Universe and um, they were both quite similar in trying to do end of the world plots like end of the universe plots and I think Dalek Universe's end of the world threat was justified because it was massive time collapsing on itself stuff with time tunnels and it really felt like a finale but it was the start of a box set to launch a new generation of 10th Doctor adventures I don't think Ravagers should have been as high stakes as it's the end of the universe I think we are allowed to have lower stakes and they are just as interesting Yeah, or if you're going to do that you end on it yeah, like perhaps, but Dark Universe open on it. You see, mm. um, maybe it's just because I, I was burned out already after Dark Universe. But I thought Dark Universe handled it much better than this. I don't think this needs to be immediately jumping in and going. It's the end of the universe because it could have just been, you know, if you don't stop the ravages, then this solar system will be wiped out. That's smaller scale, but it's still really dramatic. Yeah, and it's just mm. not going to the generic end of the universe business. Mm. Uh... It really doesn't help, as you mentioned before, that the Ravagers are unfortunately very similar to the Ravenous, even including, because I listened to Ravenous 2.4 recently, that they talk about the taste of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so uncanny. Yeah, it, it, maybe it wasn't intentional. It probably wasn't intentional, but it, it just, you know. It, yeah. it, well, what happened so is they needed, obviously, the recordings in lockdown, they couldn't get the people, so they had Mark Gatiss voice the Ravagers. Uh-huh. Christian is very much resisting swearing at me right now. And well, no, I accept it in, in my roundabout ways. I accept it in my roundabout ways. Yeah, let's let's uh, move on. So let's touch on sort Strawberry of... Alert. <laughs> let's touch on um, future speculation. So, oh, like, are we so skipping gay going... rights during Pride Month, Jacob? How dare? <laughs> we've got, we, I will say we've got witch finders next week. Shall we quickly go over the game? Anyway, we've got. I know yeah. we've got witch finders and we've got the sound of drums. I've got this covered. Just a soldier while Nine and Nova are locked up flirts with seemingly Nova, but turns out he's actually asking Nine out for dinner. So Nine has to flirt back and then deck him. And at the <laughs> First end, Nova of... decks him. Okay. Yeah, Nova decks or as I put it, frigging gays PG edition. And then, then at the end of the uh, final story, it's that Nine invited Nova to the restaurant that actually the guard wanted to have dinner with Nine at. 
Okay. Awkward. Gay stuff over. Ish. Never. Uh, so future. <laughs> future speculation. So we've got. We don't know much about um, volume two. No, I don't believe. There is a volume out there. We have listened to it. Pretty good. Yeah, we don't know just individual breakers, but we do know um, volume three has uh, Cybermen. We have nine against oh, the Cybermen. Oh, oh my god! I'm I'm loving the story. It's oh, uh, isn't volume spoiler three warning. For, I don't. I think it's three. Spoiler warning for anyone who doesn't want to know about like um, the future box sets, but I, I really want to just go on this very quickly. Um, yeah. But uh, essentially. From what I hear, they're uh, going to the um, the set of Metropolis, which is a 1927 film um, that was filmed in Weimar, Germany. And I, I am all here for that story. Um, and it's a John Dolly story with Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, oh it's going to be good. If you've seen I'm the trailer, so they do the design of the Cyberman, and it's so creepy. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. In that same trailer. Why is having a breakdown? <laughs> In that same trailer, they have um, the the um, uh, from the Cushing movies, um, the Dalek invasion, Earth, whatever they called it. <laughs> uh, they have uh, the bomb from that just on set, just randomly in the background, and I love it. I mean, it's John oh, Barney. He gets to write a Simon story, and then they were like, "You could write it with a nine doctor." He was basically like. I mean, if he wanted to write Simon's story anyway, just the fact that he gets to write his first Simon story with a knife doctor yeah. is perfect. <sighs> yeah. But it's the fact that it, that film influenced like a lot of things that I, I quite enjoy. Um, C3PO from Star Wars. Um, I think a lot of Janelle Monet's music videos and Lady Gaga music uh-huh. videos. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going off on the, one the now. The gay never leaves. The gay never it's... leaves. <laughs> okay. And Radio well, Gaga of... as well. Okay. Speaking of the game, we've got two more stories. As Christian mentioned, the Brigadier is coming back, boys with John Shaw and Lady Macbeth. Now, Eccleston is playing Macbeth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's happening. yeah, this is happening. Should we move okay. on to a question while Frey's brain reboots? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have a breakdown, just me, myself. Okay. We've got one, one question from Tom. It's, kind of an, it's a nice overall summary while Frey is really going She's crazy. Generally, really going for it. <laughs> Tom's question, do you think the nine days do the Ninth Doctor justice as Eccleston's return to Doctor Who over another series or a cameo appearance? Yeah. I think just him Why coming back. Both? I mean, when Hellfree is over. I think, I mean, I think we'd prefer an, another, not necessarily another series, but some kind of multi-Doctor thing or any, a live action appearance. Oh, Michael, okay. If it'd be up for 60th anniversary, yes, please. It won't. On the one hand, Eccleston, it amuses me because Eccleston is a, he's clearly a really positive actor and like, he said that he'll only perform stories that he really loves. Uh, But I also think part of it, like, I believe him in that, but I also think part of it is that he'll love any story that's handed to him because he's realised how much fans love him at conventions and how much love is being put into these scripts regardless. And like, because we, you know, to us, we we rate Nine Fox Adventures Ravages as average. But Eggleston was clearly just loving just the process of being back. That just even that has elevated it for him. Yeah. All the better for him, of course. But like, oh yeah. But I mean, we know what he thought of it, don't we? He thought it was absolutely fantastic. Every time. <laughs> not of you for thirty-five minutes, even. Bothered. We could not go throughout the whole podcast without one of us saying the thing. 
Waiting. You do not mute me on that. Okay. <laughs> Let's just call it there. Yeah, Jake has an illicit movie to, to go record from your neck. <laughs> that is not true. Next week, uh, we look at just Doctor Who being camp, basically, with the Visitation, a fifth Doctor episode, and the thirteenth Doctor episode, the Witchfinders. Actually, next week oh. I'm off to time fracture. Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, you can go away. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.